Hey everybody, welcome back to Let's Talk Movies. This is episode number nine. We are your hosts. I'm Brad. I'm Miguel. And today we are talking movie remakes. You love them, you hate them, a little bit of both, unsure, all of the above. Miguel, how the hell are you? Pretty good, man. I mean, I'm currently having a cheat day because, I mean, the gym's been closed for like two days. So, I mean, now I'm drinking a beer because, you know, it's a cheat day. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, we uh, we live in Kentucky and, uh, you know, Ohio, Kentucky, Tennessee, all through there. We just got a real nasty winter storm last night and there's supposed to be more on Saturday and more next week. And uh, the guy on the news said um, next week is not going to be a good week if you're uh, if you basically if you can stay in your house, you should. <laughs> Pretty much. So. I mean, we we went through this before, but I don't think this is going to be as bad as it was before. Like, what was that? What year was that? 2004? 2009. Was it 2009? I could have sworn it was 2004. I think there was another one in 2003, but the one I remember is 2009. Okay, because I remember there was one that we went through in middle school, and I remember they told us, because the two of us went to the same middle school for one year, and they sent us to the auditorium. They're like, hey, guys, so this storm is going to get really bad. So, I mean, we're just all going to send you home. I mean, I could care less. I didn't realize the gravity of the situation. It's funny, because that's ironically before we knew each other. It is, right? We had no idea who we were. We went to the same school. We had no idea who we, I don't even, I don't remember you. I'm surprised you didn't because I had a, our, my family name had a long standing <laughs> history in, in the school system. Just saying, guys, I should let you know the Miranda boys were not a good name in, in the school system in Madison County. So it is what it is. But that's surprising that we didn't know each other. I knew, yeah. I knew our buddy Krishan. I, we, the two of us were friends at the time, but I really didn't know you back then. Nope. That's how we are now. <laughs> I could have sworn we were then we must have been in the same band if you think about it. Because the two of us yeah. were were music people. And I guess we were under Curry Evans too, right? Yeah, yeah I mean yeah, I was um Carla Smith um when I was in sixth grade and then Curry. Okay, I gotcha. That makes so, sense. But yeah. but yeah, this week's been I mean, this week's been all right. Uh I got my dad on Game of Thrones. I don't know if you know about that. Yeah, I, I've tried. I'm sure I'll try again. I just, I, I can't do the Game of Thrones ring thing. I, and that fantasy adventure, Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones, I just, for some reason, like that genre of movie, I just can't get into it. I can't. I, I hear what you're saying. I didn't like Game of, I wasn't really a fan of Game of Thrones all the way up until uh, like the last two seasons. Like by the time the, Spoiler alert, everyone. By the time, like, you know, the big bad villains start coming in, like, that's when I started getting interested because I was like, ooh, this is new. This is yeah. steered really way out south. So I was like, okay, I'm going to try it out. And um, I didn't have HBO at the time. And I don't think HBO Max was a thing back then either. So no. I pretty much just, like, watched YouTube reviews. If you guys checked out the last podcast, like, if I don't – if I can't catch a TV show or a movie, I'll just watch the reviews. And <laughs> I, I know that belittles like the whole uh, like experience, but I could care less. I just like to know things about the TVs and movies. So that's why this podcast works, boy. Yeah, exactly. What well, do you think? All right. Um, this week we watched. Um, well, first of all, we went and saw the Little Things with Denzel Washington and Jared Leto and uh, Rami oh, Malek. Yeah, that movie. Don't was, tell me. It was awesome. It's on HBO Max. Like, if, when, next time you come over, we can watch it. It was really good. It's a good, um, like, mystery crime. Real cre- Jared Leto can play a creepy-ass guy, man. 
mm-hmm. just really creepy. And, and it had kind of a weird twist ending that you weren't expecting, almost in the same way that Seven did. Oh shit! So, you're comparing yeah. that to Seven. It was very. It was good. It Seven was a little bit grittier than this. This was a little bit more. Um, just real simple story, it, more of a mystery thriller kind of thing, but it was really okay. good. We enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, I want to check that one mainly because I like Denzel Washington. And I also, love Denzel Washington. Also, I know Jared Leto kind of gets a bad rep for like the Joker thing, but I mean, he's genuinely like a decent character. Like he has, he has good chops. Yeah, he's and, a good uh, actor. He, I, mm. I just think, I think that was more of a script script and yeah i don't think that was no i i think he played the part really well i just think the tattoos and like the weird i don't know the way he looked was really the the problem i mean if you put like the picture that just came out from um zach snyder's justice league what he's gonna look like he looks yeah. dope mm-hmm. it looks yep. really good i saw those pictures that you sent me the other day and i realized like he lost all of his tattoos so i was kind of yeah. confused i was like but does this guy get like laser tattoo removal? <laughs> like I, I didn't know that was a thing Joker does. So I mean, can you imagine the Joker making an appointment for that? Yeah, that'd be weird. Yeah, I'm but awful. I mean, this, it's a different version of the Joker though. It's not technically it's not going to be the same Joker that we saw in Suicide Squad. Mm, okay. Because well, this like this Justice League movie is going to be like its own standalone thing. It's not going to be connected to the DCEU. I'm sure after the success, it probably will. Well, I mean, that's what they've said initially is that it's going to be its own, its own standalone thing. Like it's not going to, it's not going to connect with um, like the, the greater DCEU. So I don't know. Yeah, Did you see but, the teaser trailer that dropped today for that? Uh, was it the one that had the black suit Superman? Yeah, it yeah. was all, it was just a couple of quick clips, but mm-hmm. I think that trailer drops in, I think it drops on Monday. Okay. It'll, not it'll, it'll, <laughs> it'll, it'll drop on Monday. Okay. Which I is, gotcha. I'm I'm pretty excited. I'm not a I'm not a DCEU guy as much as I am the MCU, mm-hmm. but I'm excited to see that. Same. And uh I know the trailer comes out, so we'll definitely have to try to do a trailer reaction to it as well. So Oh, absolutely. You guys stay stay up to date. We'll get more coming for you. Absolutely. All right, we got as you guys know, um we like to start off our show with a little bit of movie news, talking about what we watched this week. Um we have a couple of little tidbits of movie news for you. Um so Tom Holland was being interviewed by Esquire for Cherry, that new Russo Brothers film he's got coming out. And uh, he said that he was putting it to bed that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are not going to be in Spider-Man 3. They taught him well. I think he, exactly. I think he is lying through his friggin' teeth. Um, I, and you know, we've seen actors do that before. Mm-hmm. You know, where they, they, they lie and then of course everything that they've lied about has become true. I think... Again, like we talked about last week, I think Marvel stressed to him, like, if you screw this up, we're gonna kill you, basically. So I, I think he, I think he knows the the gravity of this. Mm-hmm. So he's, I mean, of course he's gonna lie. He's gonna say anything to try to like divert people from from the truth. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then, uh, like, honestly, Tom Holland's absolutely grown as like in the interviews because you see how like he is steadily like keeping things on on lower reps yeah like, well and i think frightened. part of it before is like he was so excited <laughs> you know what i mean he was young and he and i don't blame him he i mean the kid that he really like grew up fast in terms of like his career 
Mm-hmm. Like he skyrocketed when he started playing Spider-Man. You know what I mean? Yeah, he was in like some smaller movies. There, he was in a movie that had a. It was whenever it was like a movie where this little island was attacked was was like swarmed by a tsunami. Have you seen that one? No. Oh yes, yes, yes. Um, it's about yeah, the 2004 one. tsunami. Sure. Yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't know the background. Yeah. 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 That that's a true story. That's about the uh, the 2004 tsunami in uh, Indonesia. Oh, okay. I gotcha. Yep. Well, he was in that one, and he did a, yeah. he did a decent job for how he young was really he was. young in that one. I think he was only like eleven or twelve when that came mm-hmm. out. But that was a good, very movie. emotional, very emotional movie. Absolutely. Um, and now he's uh, now he's doing uh, MCU, and now he's doing more serious movies like uh, The Devil All the Time and, and uh, Cherry and and Cherry. Yeah. Cherry sounds really interesting. It's gonna be. It exciting. does. I want to see that, and I really like the Russo brothers. Mm-hmm. That, I think they're really solid directors. Do you know about that new that other movie he's gonna do? With uh, uh, she played Ray in Star Wars. Mm-mm. So I forgot what the name of the movie was, but it the premise of it is kind of weird. It's like Ray, the girl that plays Ray, is like back on Earth, and it's like some dystopian era, and uh, she's the only person, the only woman there on the planet with a bunch of guys, and the guys have some sort of condition where their thoughts that were, they can hear their own thoughts. Like everyone around mm. them can hear their own thoughts. And I'm just like, <laughs> that sounds like a bomb. Sorry guys. I know Ray and I know that lady plays Ray Daisy Ridley. There you go. I'm sorry guys. Yes, I know Daisy yeah, Ridley. Yeah, yeah. That's her name. I know Daisy Ridley and Tom Holland were in both two like blockbuster um, series. They're like two blockbuster uh uh, universes in the movie theater but this sounds like a bomb i'm not gonna lie and uh but i mean i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna check it out so hopefully yeah, it'll we'll be see. good just the whole premise sounds really weird to me <laughs> I, you told me that you've checked out the mandalorian haven't you yeah we're on like episode four we we haven't watched it in a few days just because we've been there's been a lot of whole, a whole bunch of stuff going on but we'll uh we'll keep watching the mandalorian so but speaking yeah. of the mandalorian Pedro Pascal. I had no idea who the hell this guy was before Wonder Woman eighty four. I had no idea. I had no idea who he was. Are you serious? Swear. Have you never have you never seen Narcos? No. He's awesome in Narcos. He's also in Game of Thrones too. So And I I think he's a great I mean, from what I've seen him in, I think he's a great actor. I had just never heard of him. And I, I liked him. I thought he did a good job as Max Lord in um in Wonder Woman eighty four. I thought he was, I mean, so far, I think he's great in The Mandalorian, even though you don't really see his face. But it was revealed yesterday that Pedro Pascal has been cast as Joel in The Last of Us series for HBO Max, which I I think when I first saw that, I was like, no, no. Because for some reason, I don't know why I... In the back of my mind, I know that they could never cast Hugh Jackman for that because I don't think he would do it. But Mm -hmm. I just, I see Hugh Jackman when I think of Joel or somebody like Hugh Jackman. But I must say, after I look at, like they had side-by-sides of Joel and, Joel from the game and Pedro Pascal. And I think Mm -hmm. if he grows out his beard and they make him look a little bit older, I think he he can pull Joel off. The one that gets me, and I'm really like... I don't know. Um, Bella Ramsey from Game of Thrones, another Game of Thrones actress, 
She's playing Ellie. I mean, she. If you if you've seen if you've gotten to the point of Game of Thrones where you see her act, you would probably it probably makes sense why she was cast. I mean, she's a pretty solid actor for her age. So, and I I mean I I bet she's great. I think especially for HBO Max and it's such a big property anyways that so many people love. I don't think they would have cast anybody because I think, I mean, she's obviously a good actor, but she, I don't know. There, Ellie in the video games had a, 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 for lack of a better word, a badassness to her. Like she was just, she grew up in like that post-apocalypse world and she just didn't, she didn't get like social cues. Like she curses and, she don't like she doesn't understand the way the world was before so like i'm curious to see how this girl portrays her you know what i mean if you saw game of thrones you would understand why she was cast like she's like, very like she's got a really big personality and she's really out she's not like a tender sweet little girl ellie's a very like she's gonna tell you how it is and if she thinks what you're doing is stupid you're an idiot but i'm only 14 years old <laughs> you know you need to check out Game of Thrones. Because when you see her act as Lady Mormont, my God, she is she is by far one of my favorite characters. She is a total badass. So she could do badass, and okay. that just the way you said it right there just made me more excited to see her as okay. as Ellie. Yep. And so, and to be fair, I, I'm not I'm not going to judge a book by its cover. I think I'm I'm really excited that they're doing a live action adaptation of that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for a long time, I was like, why don't they do a movie about The Last of Us? Why don't they do it? It could be so good. But I think they're in a good spot to do a series because a series, they can break it down a little bit more. Yeah. Instead or of a is, movie. Is that what they're doing? Yeah, it's going to be a series. Okay, I like HBO that. HBO Max. And, you know, anything like that, I think it's going to work better because there are so many. That game, have you played The Last of Us? I have not, but sorry, guys. I've watched YouTube run-throughs. <laughs> my God, you're an idiot. <laughs> that's how I spend my time. When I'm not working and flying and, you know, working out, that's what I'm doing. I'm on YouTube watching reviews and walkthroughs. Well, it's, it's such a good detailed game. Like, it's mm-hmm. one of the most – I don't want to say accurate because obviously we don't know what the world would be like if the zombie apocalypse happened. But, I mean, mm-hmm. it's so detailed in terms of, like – not only the the storyline but in the world that they created like mm-hmm. in showing how everything falls apart and showing what like what would boston look like 20 years after people were gone you know what i mean there's deer running around the streets are all overgrown buildings are starting to crumble and you know deteriorate it's just, it's so cool and i'm really excited to see how they bring that to the screen i think how they bring that to life I think the word you're thinking of is world build, world building, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And HBO Max is absolutely awesome at that. Or HBO does a really good job. And I'll do another plug in with Game of Thrones. They do a really good job with world building. And that uh book that came out, um, uh, the book that it's based on, it's um, I mean, that book alone, it could not be a movie. Like mm. it had to yeah. be a series. Because so, you can't I mean, fit everything in an hour and a half. Exactly. So, like, I like it better. When I, when I hear about a book, um, like a film adaptation, a live-action adaptation of a book, if it's not a series, I'm going to assume it's going to suck. Mm. You know what I mean? So, I like, that's understand that. Yeah, so obviously, like, you know, Percy Jackson, I mean, some people liked it, but that wasn't a good adaptation of a book. 
what's it called? Vampire Assistance. Do you have you seen? Have you read that book? I have no idea what the hell that is. That's a middle school book. But uh, <laughs> if you guys know what I'm talking about, you guys know what I'm talking about. You Madison County students, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, the Vampire's Assistant. That's like a, I think it's like a four or five uh, series book. And mm-hmm. like when I saw the live action adaptation, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? They just like cr- scrunched like three books into just an hour and a half. I was like, good golly, guys. So, I mean, so yeah, if I see, an ad- if I see a live action adaptation of a book, and it's a movie, I'm almost going to assume it's going to suck almost every time. Gotcha. Um, well, this last little bit of news we got here, Adam Wingard, who is directing Godzilla vs. Kong, um, he announced that they are remaking Face Off, that old action film with John Travolta and Nicolas Cage. And they're remaking that, and Adam Wingard is going to head that project and direct it interesting enough i mean i'm i'm curious who they're gonna cast because i gotta I mean, it, say it has to be it has to be uh nicholas cage and uh john travolta right not if like, they're doing a remake i mean if they're gonna on. recast it i i mean i'll tell you what they got big shoes to fill because i mean i'm not saying that like they're two of the greatest actors of all time but they're two of the most charismatic actors of all time <laughs> I mean, it's gonna exactly. be kind of it's gonna be hard to like match their uh, their personality, you know. Well, I mean, the, those two were like powerhouse actors of their time. Yes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like exactly. John Travolta was absolutely amazing in the seventies and the eighties. Nicolas Cage was great in the nineties and then early two thousands. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Before before he became crazy, crazy. Willie's Wonderland. You know I mean? <laughs> yeah, Willie's. By the way, that came, that's coming out tomorrow. Is it really? I think. Yeah, on on HBO Max. I'm we need to we need to watch that. We need to watch it. <laughs> I, I think my gut feeling tells me it's going to be awful, but I that it's kind of weird. That still it makes me want to see it more because I know it's going to be so bad. Yep. I don't know. I'm excited to see it, but again, with the whole face off thing, I mean, uh, I don't know. I am not. I am not a fan of remakes, to be honest. So what do you mm. think about that? Yeah, I, it it that kind of brings us into our main topic today is uh is movie remakes, remaking movies and kind of the big crux and the big question of this whole thing is does remaking movies ha, do do remade films have value or is it just a guaranteed cash grab? Is it just a guaranteed way that that studio is going to make money because it's a familiar IP, it's a familiar property that everybody knows, and everybody is going to go see it because it's blank. You know what I mean? It's the name. Yep. That, is it the story that you're trying to tell that's selling tickets, or is it the name that people are going to see? And I think that's the big question of this entire thing, is do they have value? Or is it to make money? Yeah. And uh, I'm on the opinion that movie remakes are literally just cash grabs. That's what I consider them. And uh, I know there's been some like really good ones, but overall it's just a cash grab. And uh, I mean, let's, I mean, let's put some examples out here. Like King Kong, the eighth wonder of like that, uh, 2000, what was it? 2004? 2005. 2005 remake like that was a phenomenal movie that movie is a masterpiece absolutely and uh, 
honestly, it was great to see a remake of Kong because obviously Kong was a, you know, like a stop motion movie. Yeah. And uh, it wasn't given much justice ever since the fr- it first came out. Right. So then they decided to remake it, and it was absolutely phenomenal. The score was great. Uh, the cast was great. And just the animation at the time, the CGI, if I'm saying that right, the CGI mm-hmm. of its time was match was on spot. So, I mean, it's yeah. – I mean, that remake itself was a good one. But right. then you have something like – I don't know um, – like the day the earth stood still like i didn't think yeah, that was, a that good was one for it, its time i don't think that was terrible but it wasn't it wasn't terrible but it wasn't like f- fantastic either you know what i mean yeah it was just kind of like whatever exactly like but, not not many people are interested yeah i i think a lot of it comes down to familiarity and nostalgia mm-hmm. because you know if if you really think about it in a lot of what these remakes are is instead of finding a new story to tell, they're going back and they're just trying to revisit the nostalgia of that time period. And, you know, I, and I fall into this too, because I think, you know, we weren't even alive in the eighties, but there's something about eighties movies that makes you feel nostalgic. You know what I mean? Yeah. More so than any other decade. And I, I can't even necessarily really explain it other than I think pop culture was starting to really like take off isn't the right word, but it, it was it was reaching like an all-time high for that point. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You look at old shopping malls and everything was in neon. Shopping malls were starting to open and it was just like this whole crowd deal. You know, fashion was really, really changing like pretty greatly. Mm-hmm. It, it, just There were so many different things that fed into that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So And like whenever I keep thinking of these movie remakes, like back then, like I, I know I wasn't born during most of – the original of of all these remakes that we're seeing now like i grew up with the remake of footloose yes you know what i mean but then mm-hmm. when i but when i saw the original footloose i was like fucking hell this is night and day way better <laughs> like, way better i saw yeah. footloose literally at a drive-in uh five months six months ago in the summer like the that new was the, one or the I, original the original oh okay. that was the first that was the first time i saw it like all the way through and i yeah. absolutely loved it it was a great movie and so then whenever i keep thinking of the remake of Fallouts, i'm like it doesn't really yeah. match up yeah. to the amount of uh i don't know what that feeling is do you like do you understand what i'm saying like that feeling of just like watching the original movie compared to the remake yeah like, yeah 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 like i don't think it's like a nostalgic feeling it's just like like original yeah. is better i guess well i i think I think in a big way, movies are a product of their time. You know what I mean? You, going back to, you know, think about King Kong. You know, we laugh at that original 1933, I believe, stop motion Kong, Kong film. Yeah. But I mean, if you think about it at the time, I mean, that was a time when, you know, the world wars were starting you know, we were starting to go to war. Things were starting, people were starting to think about more than just their little bubble. And I think that movie came at that time of exploration and, um, 
you know, we were reaching new heights in terms of like technology and what we were learning about the planet, what we were learning about ourselves. That, I mean, the, that original stop motion Kong on the top of the Empire State Building, like, you know, moving around like that, swiping at the airplanes, I bet you that was fucking terrifying. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I bet you sitting in a movie theater watching that, people's mouths were on the floor. Yeah, and it it's the same principle as like whenever when Godzilla the first Godzilla came out in 1954 like it was frightening. People were scared of these movies. Like it was considered a horror movie. And when you yeah. look back at them, I'm sure I I'm almost certain you know, but there's like a some some of those like monster movies. You know it's just like a diorama of a town and they just like slapped yep. an iguana just yeah. walk, made it walk through town. Yeah. Like that was horror. <laughs> <laughs> I was horrifying to people. And now we're looking at it, we're like, someone pick up Gerald's iguana. He got yeah. it on set. Yeah. I was like, yeah. so I mean, I don't know. When it comes to like when it's that far back and it's that far dated, it makes sense to do a movie remake. You know right. what I mean? But yeah. then like when you enter like the eighties and the nineties of these movies, like they still have substance you know what i mean yes they have the substance and they have the uh same uh deliverance as it did before because it wasn't that long ago mm -hmm. you know what i mean it yeah. wasn't it what of yeah i mean it was 30 years ago 40 years ago but it wasn't <laughs> yeah yeah it's weird to think that the 90s was 30 years ago but it was Ugh. and like but i mean if you think back to even the 50s or the 60s, I mean, that was a long time ago now. You know what I mean? Yes. I, and I think that's one of the biggest things that that kills movies is the space in between when the original came out and when they remake it. Mm -hmm. That kills remakes. Because, I mean, if you think about like King Kong, exactly like you just said, Peter Jackson's King Kong from 2005. Mm -hmm. That movie was stunning. It was breathtaking because there had been enough time between the original Kong mm -hmm. and there were sequels scattered in between that were okay. You had Son of Kong, you had King Kong Lives, um, but you had the original Kong film. You had the 1976, I believe, remake, which was decent. It was fine. Kong was a little bit it was a little weird on that one. He was a little, uh, he got a little creepy with, with Anne in that movie. Yeah, the original, he yeah. was more of a monster. The second one, like his face, he was always like, <laughs> like look at, like the way he looked at her was like really creepy and weird. But, yeah. and then you had the new one, but the new one, it brought something new. It, it kept the mystery and the, the, the big, the adventure. Um, what am I, what am I, the, yes, it, it. I don't know what I was trying to say right there. I was just they create they created <laughs> they expanded the world of Skull Island. If that makes sense, yeah. you know what I mean. They added it was a, like world building, like you just said. They they mm -hmm. added to the story, but they didn't take away what made the original ones so great. Exactly that because I know I it does make sense because like in King Kong in King Kong and the original one like they were limited by the technology that they had. Right. Which is Which fine. Understandable. It, like I said, yeah. for then, I'm sure that was like, that was cutting edge. That was mm -hmm. amazing for the time. And I agree. It's the same way with, uh, have you seen the 
new remakes of uh, Clash of the Titans. I didn't like it at all. You didn't like that one, but I, did, I mean, I didn't. I didn't think it was great. Okay, yeah, I, I understand why. But when you compare that to the original in 1981, like that's that's again, that's only 40 years ago. Yeah, compared to King Kong, but right. it's night and day as to how good it was. Because have I mean, what yes. do you do you like? Do you like the new Clash of the Titans more than the original? Have you seen no. the original? I've seen the original. I haven't seen the original. I, that was a that was a it was a middle school assignment where we had to watch it, you know, do a review. <laughs> yeah, when I saw Clash of the Titans, the original one, it was it was decent, it was good for its time. But whenever I saw the the new updated one and the remake, that was phenomenal. And especially with the CGI that they added into it, and they expanded the story, they expanded the world that was surrounding it. So, like, I guess when it comes to like when it comes to a remake. You have to keep the original essence of the move of the movie and its core values, and then expand it, but not lose its uh, character. You know what I mean? Absolutely, I, I I completely agree. And you know, I think wanting to revisit that's why you know that's why I said movies are a product of their time, and mm-hmm. I think people recognize that even if it's subconscious. And they want to revisit what made that so spectacular and such a spectacle. That's why we keep going back to the 80s. That's the same reason that we go back to what was once new. You know, look at vinyl. That's you know, coming it, back. Pe- people crave nostalgia. They mm-hmm. crave it. They want, they, now vinyl's coming back and CD, go try to find me a CD, a CD, a CD dial somewhere. You can't. There's yeah. like there, there'll be an entire aisle of of vinyl, and then there's this like one little end cap of CDs. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. And- so I, I think, you know, we're even seeing movies from the 2000s being remade now. But you know, even if you look at at 80s horror, I mean, in the early 2000s there was this like craze. I mean, you had. Um, the the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake from 2003. You had the Dawn of the Dead remake from 2004. Halloween got remade. A Nightmare on Elm Street got remade. Friday the 13th got remade. It was just like people, they couldn't help themselves. It was just like, boom, 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 boom. We got to remake it. We have to revitalize it. We have to bring something new. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it worked. Sometimes it didn't. And I think that goes, that's true for all remakes is that sometimes it does it's if it's done really well it can be great but if it doesn't if they take away those core values like you just said you can ruin it yeah do you and like i can almost tell i don't know about you but i can almost tell whenever i see a remake coming in i could tell just from the trailer if it's keeping its right keeping its roots if so it's like got the same vibe to it exactly so like i can't think of a movie so, like here, for instance, again, this is this is a Godzilla plug. Whenever, uh, <laughs> whenever King of the Monsters came out, and I saw the director for it, and when they had an interview of him, I could tell from how he was talking that he was a Godzilla fan. Like he was a true believer of the franchise, and he wanted to revitalize it and mm-hmm. show the world, the the newer generation, how great this franchise is. And then you have movies like the mummy which had Mm. 
which you know with uh, Brandon Fraser, which by the yeah. way is a very underrated actor and deserves an absolute comeback. And we could talk about that later. <laughs> let you know. But you know, back when the Mummy came out, like that was a good movie. That was a blockbuster. Universal did a great job. It was a theme park and everything. Like it was a blockbuster. It was a good movie. Yeah, and then you have again much respect to Tom Cruise. Again, Scientology don't come after me. But that movie sucked. I'm gonna be honest. It had a good um, premise. Like I knew what they were trying to do with like building the universe, but it just didn't nail on the coffin. With uh, it, didn't, it was the final nail in the coffin. Whenever like it just didn't connect anything with the original. Yeah, they try to create to be, something new. To be honest, I didn't even see it. It didn't interest me. It didn't. I didn't even care to see it. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people did. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I. The the other thing is, you know, it, when I was in college, our uh, our music theory professor had said, you know, it, it's a it's a common question, you know, are composers, are music composers, running out of new material, or because of they've broken all the rules that you can break, are they going to run out of new music to write? Are we at a point where Hollywood is running out of new stories to tell? What do you think? Oh shit, that is a good question. It's a deep question, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Jesus Put Christ. Put me on man. the spot now. <laughs> <laughs> oh dang. Um, hold on. Yeah, gotta get a, you gotta take I, a sip. <laughs> I gotta get a drink for that one. Um I think so. To be honest, I haven't seen what was the last like absolutely original movie you've seen? Because that's hard. Probably what we just saw. Um, look at the cult. Oh. But, then, but then you said it reminded you of Seven. But yeah. So it but followed, the, it's so still it, it different. Followed, it, it followed the same formula as a mystery. It wasn't necessarily the same formula. It was still its own. It was still something new. Mm-hmm. Okay. See, that's, that's why I was kind of like attracted to that movie because it was like – Okay, this steers away from like what we've normally been uh, introduced mm-hmm. over the last years because you know we've entered because you know the movie Hollywood is entered to this universe expanding uh, yeah side of Hollywood so like almost everything has to be connected to a certain degree right. in hopes of a universe being built. So whenever I see a standalone movie like whenever I heard about the standalone movie like what you saw like I was like okay this is interesting because. It's a standalone movie. I don't expect there to be a sequel, but and the storyline, it fits its own uh, theme or what's it called? Yeah, it fits its own category as like a murder right. mystery. Mm-hmm. And it sound it sounded like a really good original movie, so I was excited for it because we haven't seen that in a while because it's mainly just remakes. Well, and I, I don't know. It, it's hard because I think. I understand what you're saying, and I don't necessarily even disagree with you, but I think innately, we will always find new stories to tell. I think people will always find new stories to tell because, like I said before, movies are a product of their time. Mm-hmm. You know, moving forward over the next five years with everything going on with Corona, I do not, I, it will not surprise me if we start seeing more movies, thriller, horror movies, action movies about contagion and 
and health and things like that because it's what's going on right now. It's what people mm-hmm. are afraid of. It's what people are invested in. Um, I, I, you know, even if you look at the MCU, I mean, the MCU couldn't have happened 30 years ago. No. Because people weren't in the right mindset for that, for that universe world building thing. It was one-off movies or it was a million endless sequels, like that whole 80s horror craze thing. You know what I mean? And we love them. We still watch them. I love them. But I, I think... I don't think we're ever going to run out of new material because I, th- our world is changing. The, our lives are changing every single day. I don't think that you can, re- it, they may be similar. They may mm-hmm. follow a similar formula and you will have movies that follow the same exact formula. I mean, that's just, it, it's inevitable, but I think in the grand scheme of things, we won't run out of new stuff to tell because the world is constantly changing and people's people's experiences are constantly changing. So they're going to write about new things. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. And I like so. what you, I like that thought that you had with the whole uh, COVID thing. Cause I can almost see uh, a lot of movies coming out with that same theme. Yeah. Like I could see a lot of movies coming out with, uh, you know, things, thoughts about like pandemics and viruses and stuff and it's not going to be you know like the whole zombie stuff it's just going to be about how the world reacts with the pandemic right and that's 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 i like i would like to see a couple movies come out with that but um and i see what you mean like there's whenever you talked about like the whole like has all the rules already been broken um i think everything has been i think everything has already been tapped so to speak, in regards to movies, because we have all these different types of categories that when a new movie comes out, oh, it just falls into this category because it's already been done before. Yeah, into this genre. So like whenever I I see or hear a trailer about um, a new movie coming out and I can't fit it in a genre, like that's exciting for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because like it's new. It's some, it's yeah. unfamiliar. You can't categorize it. Mm-hmm. It's new. It's something that's, that you've never seen it before. So it's so yeah, I mean it's like uh what's it called? What's that movie with Nick Cage? The new one? Willy's I totally forgot Wonderland. the name. Yeah, I don't know what category to put that in. Is it a comedy? Is it a horror? I like I can't free, I can't really figure it out. Horror comedy. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, you know, we're, we're not just seeing this in, in movies. We're seeing it in video games, too. You know, like, they're uh, Resident Evil. They're, re- they're systematically remaking every Resident Evil game of the main storyline. They've mm-hmm. already remade um, 0 and 1. They've remade 2 and 3. They've already announced Resident Evil 4 is being remade. And then, you, you know, you have to ask yourself, and this goes back to the 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 time in between remakes and the original at what point do you stop you know resident evil 5 came out i believe in 2012 2013 Mm. is when resident evil 5 came out that wasn't that long ago you know what i mean that wasn't very long ago and then resident evil 6 came out in what 2016 17 somewhere in there i mean it just it wasn't that long ago so I think that's the other question is where do you draw the line? It, we, you know, how long, how much time does there need to be in between the original incarnation of something and the remake? 
what's the statute of limitations for whenever yes. a, a remake? <laughs> yeah. Let's uh, uh, write Congress gonna, and sign that yeah. into law. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't really know because um, I can't think of a movie that like, there's a lot, there's a, there's a big gap between these remakes because if you think about it, like Planet of the Apes, you remember Planet of the Apes and yeah. like the old one, like that came out. I don't remember. It was like in the seventies. Yeah, I think I think it was in the sixties or seventies. Yeah, and then uh, Planet of the Apes came in two thousand one, and then uh, the storyline with Caesar that came out, you know, two thousand ten. Mm-hmm. So I'd say. So I mean, I don't know. Is ten years enough? I don't know. I that's and, like that's like a whole decade already. He, here's the here's what it comes down to for me. The, the whole entire thing comes down to them asking themselves, does, does remaking a film serve the story that you're trying to tell? And I think if it does not serve the story in any way, or you're not, you're not switching things enough creatively that it's going to suit the storyline, mm-hmm. I don't think it needs to be remade. You know, if you look at Black Christmas, um, I know you've never seen that. I had actually just seen the original Black Christmas for the first time um, last December. But, I mean, that's been remade twice. The first one from 2006 was decent. It was okay. And then they remade it again a couple years ago, I think in 2018. It was so far removed from the original concept of what the original, the original Black Christmas, it, it, it's similar to Halloween. It's a, a good thriller horror movie where it's mm-hmm. just creepy and weird. But it, the, the remake from a few years ago, it, it's just so far removed and it's such a complete, it's like they, they took the shell and just stuffed it with whatever they possibly could. You know what I mean? And yeah. I think at that point, then you're you're wasting your time because you're not you're not adding anything new. You're not like it, it doesn't. You're like you said before. You're stripping away the bones of what made the original one so good. Exactly. And so interesting. And whenever you talked about the way you're talking about Black Christmas, because I'm right now like I'm pray like don't get me wrong, guys. Like I enjoy some remakes like again the franchise of planet of the apes like that's a really good example of a remake but keeping the same roots Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like it's really interesting and like well not necessarily not necessarily because like in the original one like they're at like the planet of the apes right like and like they're all dealing with like you know all of these uh apes that have grown up to be uh that like uh, evolved to be, you know, human-like, and they take over. But then with uh, the new, the newest remake with the storyline with Caesar, like it started out with humans, and it pretty much shows how it all plays out. Like that's interesting, even though it's technically a prequel if you think about it. It is a remake of the original uh, Planet of the Apes, right. but it enhances the story because it shows what happens before and then it transitioned to what happens what what will happen yeah and i think it's a i think that remake or remake was pretty spot on and keeping this the essence of it kept the essence of fear of what happens if 
you know, if apes, you know, I guess uh, right. fucking, you know, get smart and take over the world. Like, well, it's it's a scary uh, thought to have, and it kept that thought throughout this new remake. Well, and I think that the other thing that made that really successful, and it's the same thing that made the um, the, the Invisible Man remake from last year so successful. Have you, mm-hmm. Did you see The Invisible Man? I haven't seen the new one. It was um, it, it was really good. It, and the same thing with the Planet of the Apes, the, the newer trilogy, they, they revitalized it. They did something new, but again, it served the story they were trying to tell. They weren't doing something new just to switch it up and do something new. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were serving and- the story and the characters. I mean, it, it was, it, I think it was really smart to have it like the contagion kind of thing like they did where it was the uh, was it the gas or whatever it was that like made them smart or something yes. like that um, and then apparently the disease that they had was yeah. killing all these humans yep yeah it was really well done and really smart and it was a new 21st century take on the original story same thing with the invisible man the original of the invisible man movie you know y- you could see him he was basically wrapped up so he was invisible you couldn't see him Mm -hmm. but he was there this new incarnation of the invisible man he was um it it was a bodysuit that he had created that like used light and stuff to physically make him invisible like he if he was in the room behind me you couldn't see him he was just he was invisible and it's things like that i i think when you bring it into the 21st century and it's serving the story, and there's been enough time in between the original and the film you're remaking, that's when I think you create the best remakes. You know what I mean? I but agree. It, it has to serve the story, man. You, you, can't, you can't remake a movie just for the sake of remaking a movie and slapping your name on it. You can't, because it's never going to work. Pretty much. And honestly, like, there's been like I don't know if you noticed. There's been a lot of movies that I've watched, and I was like, "Wow, this is actually a pretty decent movie." And then I find out, I find out like that's a remake. I'm like, yeah. "Really?" So like, have you ever had that moment like where you watch a movie that you have that you know you don't know nothing about, and you're watching like, "Oh wow, that's cool," but then you realize yeah. it's a remake. Mm-hmm. Have you experienced? Yeah, I like um, that? I had actually just watched something the other day, and I don't remember what it was. The Uptown. I think that's what it was. The Uptown with Kevin Hart and uh, Brian Cranston. Yeah. I be- I think that was that's, I could be wrong, but I believe that's a remake. It's a re- it's uh, apparently that movie was I think it's a it's a movie from across the pond and then okay. they remade they remade it here. Okay. So that make I mean that's that's technically that's a remake. Or the and... Upside, the not the Uptown. I'm, I'm thinking freaking Billy Joel. Uptown <laughs> girl. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, um, I know what you mean. But yeah, I, I've had those moments, and um, you know uh, the other thing is I think a lot of times remakes they explain too much. They go too far into the backstory. Like if you look at a, uh, you know I think Rob Zombie's Halloween remake is okay. Um, I do not like what he did with the last three quarters of the second one. But, you know, if you look at the original Halloween, because of course I have to throw a Halloween plug in here somewhere. The original Halloween was so good because you didn't know why Michael went crazy. You didn't know why he did what he did. He just, he just did it for no reason. There, There wasn't a reason. He just, he did it. And that was, he was a little kid who was normal and he just snapped for no apparent reason. 
Rob Zombies, it gave him a trailer trash backstory and his mom was a stripper and his daddy beat him. And it was just like, it, you, I don't need to see that. That's you know information what I mean? that, yeah, that's information that we don't want to see. Like we're, we much rather have the imagine, we much rather keep the imagination of wondering, yeah. oh, why is he doing it? Yeah. Like, well, and I think when you're dealing with a villain, so many remakes do this, especially when you're dealing with villains is you know, I know there are cases where you sympathize with the villain almost. Um, you know, look at Darth Vader. I think you hate Darth Vader for the f- first half of that trilogy, but then you kind of start to get it. Like, you understand almost. You know what I mean? No. Listen, I'll go on a total tantrum with this right now because I, I get what you're saying with the whole, like, horror movie-ish kind of thing. Because, like, you don't really care what they're – motives are you you, it's just it's just terrifying to see them right but when you talk about a villain like the 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 reason why a villain is so good is because you can uh sympathize with them you can see because when you when you see a really good villain you could see them understand why they're doing it like they are their own hero in their own story Thanos. yeah, exactly. I think Thanos is the perfect example of that. Absolutely, with Thanos. And what made what made Infinity War so great was that it didn't make the Avengers the core people in the movie. It made Thanos. Like you saw why Thanos is doing it. Right. You saw the choices he made, and it basically reflected back to you because a good villain is someone that you can relate to because we're because he's just someone that made a decision in their life and it turned them into the decisions that you know you and you and I could have made later in life if we had been given that same choice Absolutely. we would have taken either one and we we make that connection so when you have that connection with the villain it makes them even more um enjoyable to watch right because you see yourself in these villains again with like with loki you could see why he was such a a great villain because i mean the choices he made and the decisions he had to make like you could see yourself making those decisions yourself Absolutely. and with darth vader when you think of darth vader and you look at the prequels you can see how he turns into darth vader and the emotions he had are emotions that you know we've we've probably felt at one point in our lives and and he just happened to make a decision that hellfire destroy the universe yeah, so like yeah. i mean that's why you connect with those villains so well because some some writers and directors are able to encompass uh, a mirror that shows ourselves into the villain. They make you understand why they do what they do. Exactly, and you can understand why they're doing it because they believe they're the hero in their own story. Right, and I think I, – I, I completely agree with you in what you're saying, and I think for horror movies it is a little bit different because – It is. You don't it, – it, you know, look at, um, you know, look at, uh, I don't even know. Freddy yeah, has a, look at- Freddy has a serious motive. Jason has a motive, but I mean, Michael Leatherface, even it's like Norman Bates from psycho. You don't, it, it's almost scarier if the guy chasing you with the knife is doing it for no reason because you can't reason with them. You can't mm-hmm. bargain. You can't ransom. You, there's nothing you can do. There's no, you didn't do anything to cause it. 
It's just mm-hmm. for no reason they're doing it. And I think that the fact that you don't sympathize with them makes it scarier. But then, of yeah, course, like absolutely. what Rob Zombie did in his Halloween movie, you almost f- kind of maybe feel bad for Michael at the beginning. And it's like, well, if anybody grew up in that house with that life, of course you'd be messed up. But at the same, I don't know, it, it gets messy at that point. When you try to explain too much, it gets messy. Exactly. So let me let me connect that back to our core thing. <laughs> Whenever, yeah, because so like we when went it off came on a to tangent that, there. We did. When it came to like that remake, like horror movie has its <laughs> core themes that it needs to follow. And like you said, a good horror horror villain or monster isn't someone that you can connect with. It's just this psychopath, psychotic person that is just blank face and just has one common goal in mind, which is just, you know, kill the antagonist. Right. And that's a scary situation because, I mean, but whenever Rob Zombie did his little uh, backstory, which I'm, I'm, I'm sure some people liked it, it took the essence of that movie away because right. the fear of that movie was a guy in a white mask. You can't see his face. You can't see his emotions. All you knew is that he was a killing machine, and he was, ap- he was going after the main character, and that's a frightening thing because you can right. put yourself into the – shoes of the main character being chased by michael myers but whenever you give that backstory you take that away and it just becomes this weird icky like uh psych psychological thriller because you don't know you You don't know what to think yeah you don't know technically you don't know who to root for honestly and when you watch a horror movie you want to root for the protagonist that's being chased the by that's the... not chasing you with the chainsaw <laughs> exactly so like that's that's so rob zombie did have good intentions and in wanting to create a backstory because some people want that mystery absolutely solved, but some people also just want to keep that mystery alive and and it worked for his movie i mean i'm not saying i i don't hate it i mm-hmm. actually think his is one of the better remakes of, of of all the movies we've talked about i think his is pretty good now H two, I we're we're gonna do an episode on Rob Zombie's Halloween's pretty soon, but you know I I don't think any of these directors, no matter what genre you're talking about, I don't think anybody who remakes a film sets out to make a bad movie. Not I, at I, all. I I do not think that they do that. Yeah. But the issue is, you have to ask those questions that we've been asking this entire time does it serve the story are you adding anything that supports the story you know what i mean things like that i and i think i don't know and i mean what do we know we're we're two assholes that don't have any idea what we're talking about (laughs) we're not filmmakers we're not writers but it's just i i think from my point of view as an audience member i've watched remakes before and i've been like why did you remake that like Ghostbusters, the new Ghostbusters. And I don't say this. I know when everybody, when somebody bashes the the new Ghostbusters, they're like, oh, you're saying it because it's all girls. No, I think that's fine. I don't care if they remake it with all girls. That's cool. But the movie was so bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like a spoof. I, I mean, it, yeah. it, it was like watching a spoof of, Ghost, of the original Ghostbusters, which mm-hmm. is a, an awesome film. You know what I mean? Yeah, and 
it's just yeah when it comes to those i don't know it's it's tough to have an opinion on those movies because like i i get why directors want to do remakes because they want to do their own take on a, right. an original classic they want to do their own take on what they grew up with from the 60s and 70s and 80s and 90s exactly which again is just a renaissance of just absolute killers yeah. in the theaters but i personally believe you gotta leave it where it was you gotta understand like that was great for his times and unless you are enhancing the story building the world further and keeping the essence of the movie don't make a remake right and i'll stand firm by that mm-hmm. and i don't know it's just how can i put this it's like what's done has been done which is where the question comes is like, have we reached the point of coming up with new original ideas because of this, you know, because uh, we're going through a phase of remakes. Like, let's be honest. We really are. Like, we and really I, are. And I think it I, from the early 2000s to where we are now. So really, I mean, if you look at the last 20 years, I mean, I've, I think we are in remake heaven right now. And of course, they were remaking movies in the 70s and 80s and 90s. I mean, look at A Star is Born. Obviously, the new one just came out, and it's phenomenal with mm-hmm. Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. It's really, really good. But that movie's been remade four times since the original one. I mean, it's become like a standard. Like, I, I mean, I guess, uh, you know, we just had that one come out a few years ago, and then in 20 years, they're going to be like, oh, guess it's time to go make A Star is Born again. Like, it's just become normal that they're going to remake that movie at some point. So yeah. I, I think that, you know, that's where I'm going to leave it is you have to serve the story in some way. When you have an original movie that's so good and is so great and such a classic that people adore and people keep coming back to over and over again, mm-hmm. if you're going to remake it, you have a big shoe to fill in making sure that you're bringing new audience, your audiences, you're bringing it into the 21st century but that you're serving the story you're trying to tell. I that's, that's, 100% agree. That's where I'm, I'm going to leave it. That's fair. I agree too. And it's just whenever I keep thinking of all these original movies, like I want to rewatch them every single time. But when it comes to the remakes, like I, I really don't have any like uh, motivation to want to rewatch them because I mean like – why would I want to rewatch a remake when I can rewatch the original that has everything that it's offered already? Right. So, yeah. I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's, that's where I'll leave it too. Like I would much rather rewatch the original than watch a remake. And I'll stand by that. And it's tough for me to say that because I am a, a Godzilla fan and most of their movies are remakes, but you know why it's, you know why I keep watching every single one of them is because they keep the same core value of those of the original 1954. Right. That's why. I I think what you just said about why would you watch a remake when you could watch the original if it's so much better, so much better, excuse me. I think that's why you're seeing what David Gordon Green and Blumhouse is doing with Halloween, where they're doing sequels to the original one. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's, yes, you're bringing it into the 21st century and you're doing all of those things, but it's still a sequel to the original one. You're playing off of the nostalgia mm-hmm. and you're, you're, you're feeding that to people, but you're also getting to do it in your own way. So I think that's why we're starting to see more of that 
and especially even with you know the DCEU and bringing Keaton's Batman back, they're finding new ways to to bring bring these old IPs back without rebooting it constantly. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I I agree. But yeah, I mean, I mean, <laughs> we pretty much hit the nail on all these remake stuff. I mean, again, like I'm not saying I hate remakes. There's plenty of great remakes out there. And uh, it's just some of them, there's been just been a lot more misses in these remakes, which is why, like, I thought of this topic. And also, shout out to my boy Chris, because he, he, we also talked about it as well. And I thought this was a great topic to talk about, because, I mean, this is obviously something everyone thinks of when they see a trailer of a remake of a movie. It's like, do we really need this remake? Like, yeah. do we? But, yeah, that, I mean, that's my two cents. And honestly, like... Is there any other like remakes coming out that we know of other than Face Off? Um, not that I can think of off the top of think off, yeah. think off, face off, think off. Not <laughs> yeah. that I can think of off the top of my head, but mm -hmm. but um, I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe this uh, Face Off remake would be good. I mean, I, again, the face the original Face Off movie wasn't that great either, to be honest. Decent. I mean, it was decent, okay. but it wasn't it wasn't one of those uh, that was made in the eighties, right? I believe so. Could be, or, could be could be early nineties. Yeah, it wasn't. Sure. It wasn't one of those blockbusters of the decades. Hmm. Which also, that's another. That's that's probably another reason why these remakes are happening because. I've I've seen, I think the reason why they're make remaking Face Off is because it didn't do too well. It wasn't one of the top movies hmm. of its time, so maybe they can make it, a top movie now. Gotcha. You think that's probably a possibility? I mean, it could be. That's probably another reason why people do remakes. And again, but you risk losing the essence of the movie of why it, it was made in the first place. You risk the themes and all that stuff. So I don't know. Again, I am I'm all for remakes sometimes, but I do know there are some really bad ones out there. Yep. So that's I, think the, I, I think there's a give and take and, and you know, you have to serve the story. And, you know, sometimes you're going to hit the nail on the head. Sometimes you're going to fall short and it's okay. I mean, there, there are remakes that I still watch. I still love, even mm -hmm. though of course the original blows them out of the water. And I think 95% of the time the original is going to blow the remake out of the water, but yeah, pretty much. you know, you still love them. We still deal with them guys. That is going to do it for us for episode number nine of let's talk movies. We want to thank you all for taking the time out of your day to hang out with us, to chill with us. Um, we want to hear your comments and your thoughts. If you're watching on YouTube, please leave us a comment. If you are listening on Spotify or wherever else you listen to podcasts, um, I would love it if you would tweet at us at We Talk The Movies. Let us know what are your favorite remakes? What do you think of movie remakes? Are they just a cash grab for Hollywood or is it a new way of still revisiting and retelling these old stories? We want to hear what you have to say. Next week, we are talking our top 10 favorite movies of all time and I am excited for that. That's going to be okay. a good one. Um, yep. We're also celebrating our 10th episode all next week. We're going to have a whole bunch of new content dropping. Um, we have got a new look coming out that I've been working on, and I think we both dig it so far. Um, and then we are actually going to go live on Instagram as we film episode number 10 on Friday night of next week. And uh, we would love to see you there. We would love to answer your questions, um, have you on 
as we film this episode. So uh, that is all leading up to uh, episode 10's release. Yep. So if that will do it for it. us, yeah, we, I'm, I'm pretty hyped. That's going to be a fun one, man. We're at our 10th episode already. Yeah, crazy. crazy. Yeah. And how long have we been? About a month already? Been about a month and a half. Yeah. And, and the other thing is, I mean, I want to thank you all for listening. If, if you've been with us since the beginning and if you've been listening, thank you, thank you, thank you so, so much for listening and for, for taking the time out of your week to hang out with us. So. Same here, guys. And if you still like it and if you guys like what we have to say, just keep sharing it with your friends and let's continue to grow, guys. Again, I'm still, shoot, I'm still shooting for that 100 followers, guys. Let's keep it going. Yep. All right, guys. We will talk to you guys soon. Be ready for next week. Peace. Peace.